Welcome to Creative MKE, a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gasparka. Elizabeth here. Thanks for joining me. This week on the pod, I speak with Monica Miller of the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design's Gallery at the Ave, a new gallery and exhibition space dedicated to showcasing the work of Myad's alumni and students, situated in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, located right next to the Third Street Market Hall. The space opens to the public on April 6th with an exhibition of work by Myad alumni called From This Point Forward. The exhibition features works by artists who have attended Myad or its predecessor, the Leighton School of Art, over the course of the last five decades. The works featured in the exhibition range from functional design pieces to photographs to paintings, prints, and 3D works. Gallery at the Ave also features a section dedicated to consignment, wares that veer away from art into the territory of craft, design, jewelry, DIY aesthetic, and even sticker art. In our conversation, Monica and I speak about how the gallery is an extension of Myad's evolving approaches to supporting the arts ecosystem and creative economy of Milwaukee, and a reflection of the increased emphasis on empowering artists and students to engage with entrepreneurial practices. Because of this institution of higher learning and art at the center of today's show, and because this podcast generally centers so much around practices of creativity, I wanted to mention that for this particular episode, I recorded my interview twice. The first time I recorded with Monica, uh, I wasn't at my best. The interview straight up wasn't very good. I mention this because I think that in the process of making things that are shared publicly, too often it goes without saying that there's a lot of labor that happens behind the scenes in creation. And sometimes you're not at your best. Sometimes there can be mistakes and visioning and revisioning is part of the process. Sometimes you're going to create drafts that no one sees or hears. Anyway, I'm very grateful to be in this space with you all and to get to continue to hone the work of producing this show that tells the story of Milwaukee's arts and culture. So thank you for being here. If you appreciate this kind of coverage of Milwaukee's arts and culture, I would be so grateful to you if you'd follow the adventures of Imagine MKE and support our wider arts advocacy work. You can sign up for our newsletter, The Amplifier, on our website. Uh, You can like or follow us on social media as well. You can also subscribe. You can give us some love. 
to the Creative MKE podcast, specifically wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, after the break, listen on for my conversation with Monica Miller about Myad's gallery at the F. Welcome, Monica. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to speak with you about Gallery at the Ave. But before we get started, I'd love if you could kick us off by sharing a short story of an arts experience based in this community that left a strong imprint on you. Yeah, so I attended Myad starting around 2009. And One of the very first art experiences that I felt had a massive impact on me was uh, in my sophomore year, there was a field trip that I went on to the Linden Sculpture Garden. And it was in the evening at dusk, and I'd never been up toward the Linden before, or even at never, I'd never experienced a sculpture garden before. Mm. And they were having a project with Wild Space Dance Company. Uh, and dancers were lit uh, through the dark um, around these sculptures, and they were performing with them um, as as almost like subjects uh, mm-hmm. with them. And I was studying sculpture at the time, a little unsure of it, mm-hmm. um, and and specifically uh, like modernism, uh, minimalism, everything like that. Uh, it was it was. I didn't know where my place was per se. And so in seeing these dancers interact with works that are indicative of those eras, it really showed me a different kind of appreciation for that work. And also what I didn't quite understand for myself at the time was how spatially oriented I was. Hmm. Um, And so to start to connect some pretty serious dots with that moment and that um, art experience was pretty incredible. And I've loved going to the Linden ever since and seeing their sculptures and also their tree collection, because not only Mm. do they have a sculpture collection, they have a tree collection as well. Right. (laughs) The living sculptures. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Polly Morris and the whole team at Linden. They do such a phenomenal job. And yeah, the programming there has, has always been so um, incredibly multidisciplinary, and I, I just want to echo what you what you said. I mean, always uh, makes you see the sculptures and artwork in new ways, and the space itself in a new way. So it's really fun to hear your reflection there. And I I wasn't at that performance, but hearing you describe it, I can almost picture yeah picture the dancers in that space. So thank you for sharing that. I would love if you could also tell our listeners a little bit about your own professional and artistic trajectory. So you are the manager of Gallery mm-hmm. at the Ave. Is that your official title? My title is manager for my gallery at the Ave, but it's also, it's a, it's a funny one too, because I, not only do I manage my gallery at the Ave, I also manage um, several on-site galleries at, on campus at Myad mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well as several other galleries that we have with cl- uh, corporate um community sponsors uh, in other locations in the city as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So that's what I do at Myad, among other things that are also very fun for me. But yeah, I came to Myad 2009. I came to Milwaukee to go to Myad in 2009. And I studied sculpture. I had a bit of an existential crisis thinking about art, which was a good time. It was a challenging time, but it was a good time. Really just, again, about where my place was, um, this interest <clears throat> this interest in space, in humans, uh, kind of like that experience I, I described at the Linden. And so I often made a lot of work that um, relied on an audience or relied on a community. And so when I left my ad, I had a loss of a immediate community and mm. I had to work harder for one, which was also wonderful to experience a larger art context outside of school in the city. And I landed uh, into several um, arts management positions uh, with those interests in mind. So while I was also still producing artwork and I still do identify as an artist to this day, I ended up working at the Milwaukee um, Artist Resource Network for several years in a variety of capacities. I was an operations director there for some time. And then I worked on their Martin Salon program for about five years, uh, where they would bring in curators, uh, artists, critics, um, and other sort of cultural producers to Milwaukee who may not have been here before mm -hmm. uh, to meet with artists um, here um, and have roundtable discussions and studio visits. It was a very rich program, um, mm -hmm. and it felt it, it tied a lot of those interests together. And so from that, I'd worked, I really found a stride in one, leveraging resources, almost like materials, mm -hmm. so I could produce. And so produce through smaller nonprofits, produce for myself. Um, I worked at uh, Institute of Visual Arts as a gallery attendant. And then I was the last person standing uh, when the budget cuts happened at UW system. And so I sort of ran in above for about six months mm. um, at a very young age. <laughs> and, um, and so that was also just to tie in a gallery experience that I had um, as well. Um, just so I've, I've straddled, I've straddled a lot of um, curious arenas, specifically around gallery context, but also community context as well. And then I think one other important thing to note about my trajectory is that um, during that whole arc of working with artists, leveraging resources, I got very invested in business plan development um, mm. and using that as a creative tool to open possibilities. Because I was getting familiar with grant writing, writing a business plan was almost like another arc for me of a media that I could use to produce in because I with that sculptural background I think quite large scale even if some of the ideas are more ephemeral um yeah so it's been really exciting and, and my values and my passions all align to supporting my community um and thinking large scale I love the description of your career because I think that does something to typify um, the unbound nature of what I've witnessed as my ad students' immense creativity and mm. the way they interact with resources, artistic resources, and the Milwaukee community 
as like this expansive, oh my gosh, I'm going to use a really cheesy metaphor, but like an expansive canvas, right? For their artistic professional development after they leave my ad. So so just for listeners' context, I moved to Milwaukee in 2010 and came from uh, Oberlin College where I studied creative writing and visual art. I was also a sculpture sculpture focus um, oh my in gosh. my practice. So <laughs> I don't know if we've ever covered that. But anyway, no. Um, when I came into the Milwaukee community, I immediately started, you know, befriending myad students and myad recent graduates. And over time, I've witnessed this amazing repetition of seeing the graduating class enter uh, wider society, sorry for lack of a, a better phrase, with I this yeah. with this dogged entrepreneurial resourceful openness with with this this sense of possibility. And I I wonder if as a representative from the Myad network, mm-hmm. can you describe like how the experience of being part of the Myad community, how did it encourage that in you or how might it have encouraged that in you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I think that's a tender question Mm. (laughs) because if it weren't for my decision to go to my ad, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, I think you and I have talked about in the past sort of thinking about the um, alternative (laughs) universes of timelines of like where my career could have gone or like even my creative pursuits. Um, Like there's a, there's definitely a version of myself out there that would have been a painter and probably still is, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. I, you know, and I, and I love the part of me that I am right now where I've, I've become the sculptural minded person and spatially minded person um, because of what I got to foster at my ad. And so one of the things that I feel like I want to touch on from that question is um learning how to develop and sustain a community through cohort mindset. I went to Maya during a particular time um, that that I can speak to where my peers were so motivated. And that motivation came from an instilled uh, sense of... of um, Oh gosh, I can't even think of the word that I want to use, but just it was instilled by the faculty there. And a fact, faculty that was not just teaching, a faculty that also was so invested in the community at large. And from that, uh, we were encouraged and participated in a culture of um, what happens outside of the institution, what happens when we graduate. Um, who, who better to rely on than your peers to think about those things together because you're all in the same boat. Mm. Um, and so when I was there, um, it, it, and, and the thing, the other thing too, that I, I maybe want to describe is that it's not a, com- it was never a competitive environment. Mm. Um, it was a supportive one. Um, mm. and, and so we often, the peers that I had, um, specifically, you know, Miguel Ramirez, who's a sculptor, uh, Jenna Knapp, who is an incredible artist and creative. Um, those are just two major in- individuals I, I grew up with during that time um, 
who went to my ad, um, we were always supporting each other to think outside the box and to, to con- and we had that support institutionally as well. So maybe does that answer that? Um, I yeah. kind of got a little wistful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it does. And I think there's this, I guess there's this like rich tradition though, that, that my mm. ad seems to foster and I'm impressed that it seems to continue on in this way that that isn't necessarily connected to just one, you know, brilliant generation of students who came through my ad. There's, you know, so recently Imagine MKE had the amazing pleasure of getting to document with Johnson Media for the 414 Day video, some creatives at at my ad as they were in their classes uh, right before spring break, just doing their thing, working on their, working on their projects. And I just kind of took a moment to step back. It's been 13 years since, you know, my group of friends were those students at my ad, but there's something mm. that's, you know, I don't know how to describe this. Like, I don't want to say it's a, it's not a factory of creativity. There's, sure. there's, there's a way in which the institution is set up for, yes, for the brilliance to continue and and the stars to continue aligning and this community mm-hmm. to continue um, supporting each other and the fabric to stay together. Maybe, maybe that's the best metaphor, yeah. like the quilt to stay together, the quilt of um, yeah. Milwaukee's creative, <laughs> Milwaukee's creative quilts can stay together. Um, yes. Even though the pieces keep changing and maybe you know, some of the talents who were here in 2010, you know, have moved to Chicago or New mm-hmm. York. Um, but now there's fresh energy and there's fresh talent that's that's maturing and is about to step into the space outside of, you know, the learning space of my ad. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is there is something really special about the community of my ad and um, the alumni network is a continuation of that, right? And there is yes. a there is a strong representative uh, faction of that that remains in Milwaukee. So we should acknowledge that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you're right in that. Oh, gosh, like you know, I'm in a I'm a totally different generation than the current students that are there, um, and also I'm in a generation that had different leadership. Um, that were that was affiliated with the school and um, and yet still regardless of you know a generational shift or a leadership shift um, the school has maintained what what we've also described on campus is like this gritty sensation um, like for example when I was touring art schools as a uh, high school student I walked into my ad and I knew right away that that's where I wanted to go. I didn't even see the building. Not really. I just walked in and I just felt it. And there's something that you feel, I think, um, especially as a creative, even when we brought, we've brought guest artists over to the institution uh, or designers, like you step into that space and you know something happens there that mm-hmm. is special and that is really creative. And I think one of the cool things about Mayad too, as as I can speak from a space of being an alumni, is the institution's only gotten more resourceful and better. <laughs> hmm. um, specifically, 
There are many labs, for example, and this mm. kind of ties into what we do here at my gallery at the Ave in, in, a, in a way, and I'll get to that point, but there are many labs at my ad. So um, when I was a student there, we of course had a sculpture lab, a printmaking lab, a 3D lab, all of these things. And now that I've come back in a different capacity, we have a textiles lab now. We have an emerging technology center where students can go and laser cut and 3D print and mess around on VR and request for new technologies that they uh, want to explore and we don't have yet, um, which wow. is also a really cool thing. Yes. Now, just um, for clarification, this is the Lubar Lab, te the yes. technology lab? Okay. Yes. The Lubar Center for Emerging Technology, Amazing. as well as we also have the Lubar Innovation Center as well. Mm -hmm. and And that's also a totally new and developed also entrepreneurial arm of mm. the institution where in the innovation center, we have staff that can connect to clientele and match them with students with paid opportunities. Amazing. And so we actually used them at my gallery at the app to help develop our brand uh, for the space. Yeah. And so as if you are somebody who walks into my head gallery at the Ave in the next several months, there'll be a monitor on one of our walls that shows the branding process mm. that we that we went through with our um, communication design students, Jordan, Marta, and also with oh, cool. JJ Broja, uh, who's our uh, communication design faculty, who helped to develop this for us. Um, and so those are all new elements that are part of my ed now that that are continuing to contribute to that creative energy and keeping it fresh as well. That's so fantastic. And yeah, I was admiring the the logo work yesterday on the yes. monitor at the soft opening. So kudos yes. to that team. It looks really, really cool. So you just described the ways in which the institution itself of Myad is being responsive to the needs of students through investing in new technologies. So let's talk about directly how Gallery at the Ave is itself uh, responsive to the needs of the Myad uh, alumni community. Can you can you speak to that? Uh, yeah. Um, and so, what also is great about Myad is you know, so I come in right as this alumni and go, oh man, I wish I could have learned all of this stuff back when I was going here. And then the fact of the matter is you can still. Um, so alumni can access Myad and their labs. You, you do have to, you know, make a make appointment, you know, with some of the labs that we have just because our needs are with our students who are currently going there. But there are many opportunities for alumni to get back into the institution, use the labs, use the facilities wow. and continue to produce. That's tremendous. Um, and then with my ad gallery at the Ave being the space where, and I don't know if I said it on the record in this <laughs> capacity yet, but you know, my gallery at the Ave serves its current students, faculty, staff, and of course alumni. And so you can imagine yourself as an alumni who can utilize the, the current facilities over at Maya to then help produce work that could be shown at my gallery at the Ave or anywhere else in the city for that matter. And so Myad is continuing to show up as an institution that is continuing to try to serve its community that it's helped instill um, and bring together. I think one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is Myad contributes to the creative economy so 
deeply here in Milwaukee. You know, there there's data pointing to the state of Wisconsin being one of the least funded, if not the least funded state right. um, for public funds for the arts. Yes. Um, and yet, Mayad is contributing to a creative economy of one, providing jobs for creatives mm. um, at the institution, two, producing these entrepreneurial thinkers um, through the institution who go off to do many incredible, amazing things. Mm-hmm. So at Mayad Gallery at the Ave, you can see, for example, I'm working with uh, this this group uh, called Dusty Peets, who created a fantastic line of laser cut um, jewelry and earrings and keychains that are incredible and I'm eyeing them right now and I'm thinking about how I want to buy one in (laughs) a little bit Um, and they came from our communication design and illustration departments but they started their own business um, Mm -hmm. and produced their work this way Um, you can also see um, we have alumni Cassandra Smith who is an artist that creates um, these taxidermied um, animals. So right now in the gallery, we have a taxidermy pheasant in deer head um, that has de- been decorated and painted on so beautifully um, that you can see in our exhibition space as well. Um, and so I think the overarching point that I was trying to make is you can see our alumni go out and do pretty incredible things. Um, I know that there's, there's also one saying, um, I've been on a few tours with some of our advancement team at the college, so the individuals who work really hard to help fundraise for the school. That we also have an alumni who works for NASA now because they worked, there was a thesis project that they helped produce um, around themes at NASA, and now they work there. Um, I'm a little less information about that, but we go off and do some pretty <laughs> incredible things. Right. So we know yeah. that, you know, Mayad is known for injecting fantastic talent into organizations all over the nation, maybe all over the world. But Mm -hmm. this gallery at the Ave, you could say, is moving the needle in terms of investing in retaining talent right here in our Mm -hmm. community. Because as you just described, it's it's giving an an ongoing opportunity for that entrepreneurial presence for for artists to have their work displayed and sold. Mm -hmm. So I would love if you could take a a little bit of a step back. You described a couple of the pieces or the kinds of pieces that are on view right now. So tell our listeners about the exhibition that's on view. If you could just describe the range of media that are available both in the exhibition right now and on consignment. Yeah. So our current exhibition and our, our inaugural exhibition is from this point forward, um, an exhibition of Mayan alumni. So we have 17 artists on view in that exhibition, all in their own way, representing different eras of the college. So we have our um, eldest uh, alumni, Eric Oxendorf, who graduated in 1974, which was the last year of the Leighton School of Art, which was the very first iteration of Mayad. And then We have our youngest alumni, who is Katie Grinnell, who graduated in 2021. And you will see a range of artists from 
74, we have some early 2000s, we have some 90s. Um, and so what I'm really excited about for this exhibition is that it also, again, kind of illuminates and illustrates um, the talent that has come through my ad and also the willingness and interest that these individuals had to coming back and exhibiting with us in this new way. Um, we did put a call out for this exhibition um, and, and we had so many submissions um, and, and in part, what of uh, Maya gallery at the Avs goals is to start to deepen and reconnect with our alumni pool. And so there are even some alumni who applied for this exhibition that I didn't know of who had incredible work. And, and that's really exciting to me. Um, so that is our exhibition component. I highly encourage everyone to come view it. The work is incredible and it makes sense. Um, I know that sometimes with group shows, especially an open call, you, you're, you may not know what you're going to get necessarily. And as somebody who had to curate the exhibition, it was a little daunting to think about how, how, to, how to make really conscious efforts in grouping of the installations. And yet I think the work just all finds a way to mm-hmm. gel together. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited for more individuals to come see it. And then we have our consignment, which is a wild, wild west of <laughs> so many different, um, both, both entrepreneurial, but also just creative efforts. Um, you will see a lot of our current students um, have put in work here um, that have also really utilized the labs that we spoke about earlier. We have a lot of evidence of our emerging technology center being used to create some of the work that we have on consignment. So some laser cut jewelry from Jasper Huber, who is a current student. Um, We have some bags here on view in consignment that have just some small elements that you know that they produced um, solely at school. And so you can see anything from uh, a massive zine rack that we have. So if you're not familiar with what a zine is, they're small, sort of creative and artistic publications. Usually they're um, not so precious um, because they're meant to be made with immediacy of uh, distribution and also accessibility of price. So we have plenty of zines from our students. We also have some artist books. We have some self-made publications. We have apparel. Um, some of my favorites are from Ellie Hazard, um, who's a graduate of Myad. Um, she goes by uh, the name of Peach Beast. We have a lot of that work here. Karen Williams, Bruce Ubardis, who's also in our exhibition, but also has an incredible uh, way of creating um, prints of her work. Uh, we have so much of her work here. They're also on puzzles, great, which are amazing <laughs> as a puzzle fan myself. Yeah, I I hope I I hope I answered enough. It's it's just it's really consuming in like the very best way. Mm. I was surprised by the number of design objects, like functional design yes. objects as well. That was I mean, that's always been a really impressive component of the the Myad alumni networks talent from my perspective. So I was really glad to see that so strongly represented. Yeah, I'll I'll make a note of that. We have this gorgeous table and bench uh, bench set uh, by our, our recent graduate Ben Caballero. Um, that's here. It's got this really beautiful walnut 
top and uh, I believe it is ash uh, construction for the rest of it. And it's also on view, which is as the creator in me and the spatially minded person, I'm very giddy Mm. thinking about also accessing our furniture-based alums as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So Ben is our first one that is sort of setting up shop and almost creating these engaging installations of these furniture pieces. Um, And that's something I'm looking forward to continuing to do as well. Mm. So I want to go back to my point about talent retention within the Milwaukee community, because I want to make sure not to misspeak. Can you speak to the balance of artists that are represented in the show who are still living in Milwaukee versus those who are living elsewhere? And like, how is that going to be addressed moving forward? Because obviously, you know, there's some restrictions on the amount of money that will be invested in in getting Mm -hmm. work shipped to the gallery space to then resell it. Um, How what's the what's the approach on that going to be? Or has that been determined yet? I'm unpacking it. So the first (laughs) thing that I'm hearing is, uh, you know, how are we going to work with students who may not or not students? How are we going to work with alumni who may have moved out of town. To will you? Their... We will. We absolutely will. Um, there are some right now. Um, I have, I'm, I'm looking in front of me. There is a woven piece by um, a 2013 graduate, Elise Tom, that's mm-hmm. hanging up in our consignment area. I'm also, uh, if I stood up, I could look to see photographic work in our exhibition by an alum, uh, Jason Santiago, who lives in Los Angeles right now. His practice was one of the ones that surprised me that came through in the application process because I, I, I didn't know him as an alumni and his work is beautiful. And we also have some alumni who live in um, Illinois right now um, in the Chicago area. So Cassie Tompkins, who's in our exhibition, she drove up very kindly to help install her work or bring her work to us and to come to our various openings. So as we've gotten started, there has been an ability for us to work with some of these longer distance alumni, um, especially those of which who are in my network in particular. Um, However, um, once we get up and running and really start to hopefully see some generative success with this space, it will continue to give us the kind of resources we could use to continue that work. That being said, if you are an alumni listening to this (laughs) podcast that's living out of town um, and would like to connect, please do. Uh, There's the the beauty in all of this is that, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who just, my brain works like a Rolodex for creatives (laughs) a lot of the time. And so if you have, if you asked me for a very specific kind of creative and style of work or whatever or a designer I could probably tell you give you a few names of of Mm. of them and so as somebody who has that capacity learning about more creatives just gets me going so (laughs) so yeah it's 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 going to I believe the space is just going to start to just really unravel in this beautiful way of becoming more more connections for others um and i'll and i'll just be grateful to be a part of it beautiful does that answer your question it does it does (laughs) and it also points to another aspect of 
the creative economy that I think this yeah. gallery space is going to play a large role in. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the, I would say, legitimate criticisms that people levy against Milwaukee and our creative economy is that it's really hard to make it as an artist here because there is such a lackluster art market, right? There's just a mm. very small niche art market. While we have, the, you know, a really amazing uh, and I would say strengthening maker's market scene. Yes. Visual art market is something that our community has has struggled with historically. So I think this this space could be a really powerful influence influence on on changing that in the future. So Yeah. And I maybe just to speak to that briefly, I think more is more. Um and so you know, we have re some really wonderful art galleries that do their very best yeah. and do very well um, mm -hmm. to contribute to that economy and in, in particular, specifically a direct line to market uh, mm -hmm. for visual artists in a gallery context. And my gallery at the Ave will participate in some ways in that, mm -hmm. but it will also be a what I think is really curious is that this space has the opportunity um, to be very mixed in what it can offer for all creatives. Mm. Um, so you may, if you're somebody who's seeking a gallery context, we have that. But if you're also somebody who's seeking something more um, exploratory within an entrepreneurial sense, uh, maybe developing a brand, uh, a product, we also have that too. And it's, it's good. It's been a unique challenge, and in, in the only way I can say it is like it's just perfect for me uh, <laughs> to think about how to make those two spaces coexist together in harmony. Mm. Fun. So, how can our audience get involved, and how can they learn more? Yeah. So we will be releasing a website very soon. Um, I believe you can find us at galleryattheav.myad.edu. Mm -hmm. I will fact check that <laughs> and let you know. We will we will keep the uh, accurate link in the show notes. Wonderful. And mm -hmm. we also have an Instagram account that um, at the time of this recording, we're going to start to reactivate again um, as we prepare for our official, official opening that will be on April 6th. Uh, that'll be a Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. And then you can find us physically in the downtown area at 301 West Wisconsin Avenue. Um, we have a very large presence there. Um, just follow the signage, you'll find us. Um, and we'll be open Tuesdays through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, and we're just so excited to have you guys join us. Okay, Monica, before I let you go, I think you know the deal. As a uh, guest on <laughs> as a guest on Creative MKE, I'm going to I'm going to make you the city's imaginary leader of arts and culture. Unfortunately, your tenure only lasts for the rest of this episode. So, with that, what policy would you like to enact? So, in Minneapolis, uh, they recently came out with a uh, beta round of a livable income, um, mm -hmm. livable wage for artists. Um, mm -hmm. And so they selected, I think, 75 artists to receive about, I think it's $500 over the course of um, at least a year. Uh, and, and so it's basically, you know, 
just a wage for being creative uh, and to help help you with your practice. So I would like to implement that in Milwaukee um, with my very short tenure, uh, <laughs> except, you know, maybe not just 75 artists or creatives because we have so many of them in the mm-hmm. city. Maybe we can expand that pool to around 200. Okay. Um, and somehow in this, in this position, I would magically find all of that money to make that work. Mm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would be, what would be your dollar amount for the year? What would be the guaranteed uh, income amount with their, without think, any limits? I mean, honestly, 500 sounds great, but if I could really work it, I think a thousand would be incredible. Um, and it's a thousand for a month. Is that uh, every month for about uh, about a year and okay. to see what happens, see how like, see how creative uh, careers can be changed and impacted from that. Nice. I think yeah. we could do a lot of wonderful work with that kind of resource. Drawing from Scandinavia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least Finland. I know there's yeah, there's a there is a um, an artist guaranteed income that exists there so see See. we gotta do it yeah mayor johnson if you're listening let's talk (laughs) awesome all right well thank you so much monica i am just delighted to speak with you about gallery at the av this is such an exciting exciting moment for myad and the whole myad community so can't wait to see all the exciting things that are coming down the pike yeah thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review, or contact us. Creative MKE is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Elizabeth Gasparka. The show's theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or Facebook. Imagine MKE.